Stand by for adventure. Stand by for mystery. Stand by for the Icebox Radio Theater and Rum Runner Sue. Looking back, I can't say 1927 was a bad year. It was dangerous, romantic, deadly, and exciting. So not a bad year at all. By 1927, I'd owned my bar, the Deacon Seat, for two years. And my husband had been dead for four. And the mob had sworn to protect me so long as I let them hide an occasional case of Canadian whiskey in my cellar. Kind of convenient for them on account of my place being a stone's throw from the border. Overall, a pretty good life. Except, of course, when trouble came calling. And trouble, for me, usually meant murder. Interested? Pull up a stool and I'll tell you about it. It's Rum Runner Sue, starring Billy Joe Cones. Mystery and adventure in the northern wilderness of Prohibition America. We'll be back with tonight's exciting story right after this. Hey there, this is Jeff from the Icebox Radio Theater, jumping in before the show to remind you that we couldn't make these plays, that's from the horror to the comedy to the old-time radio recreations, without the help of you, our wonderful listener. Of course, financial assistance is always great, and you can learn more about that at our website. That's iceboxradio.org. Just click on the Support Us link. Or you can just visit our Patreon page at patreon slash radioicebox. But a great and free way to help us out here at the Icebox Radio Theater is to leave a five-star rating of our shows and series wherever you catch your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, one of the millions of podcatchers at the Play or App Stores. It really doesn't matter where you listen, just so long as you leave that five-star rating along with a nice review. That really goes a long way towards growing our audience and helping us make more shows. Thanks for listening to this announcement. And now, on with today's feature presentation. The year 1927. The place, Icebox, Minnesota, a tiny village on Rainy Lake, the island-spotted paradise that forms the border between the United States and Canada, between the great social experiment of prohibition and the legal production and distribution of Lady Liquor. Just off Main Street sits a tiny establishment called the Deacon Seat, home and throne room to the queen of these parts. The owner-operator, a beauty in checkered flannel and dungarees, Susan Conti. Or as she's known in these parts, Rum Runner Sue. A misnomer, I assure you. Never ran rum in my life. Of course, my place is a bit of a blind pig when the local law turns a blind eye, which is always. Truth is, I think prohibition is a silly law. Except for the trouble it causes, which isn't silly so much as sinister, sinful, and psychotic. The whole thing gives me a pain in my sciatica. Take, as a for instance, the time Big Ben Taylor, a local bootlegger, came into my place with a job for me. Can't say it was an unusual occurrence, because it wasn't. Morning, Sue. Ben, what can I do you for? Ah, nothing much. Just passing the good word. That's fine. Coffee? Thanks. A little... No, thanks. Working today. That's so? Yeah, part of why I'm here. How's your downstairs, Sue? A lady never tells, Ben. Say what now? 
Never mind. I'm funnin' ya. There's room in the cellar, if that's what you're asking. Good. Pierre has a drop for me. Gonna pick it up about midnight, be here by one. I'll be waiting. Good. Say, uh, Sue, your uh, boyfriend don't come around that time of night, do he? If you're referring to Sheriff John Beauregard, the answer is no. He does not come around here at one in the morning, and he's not my boyfriend. Uh, whatever you say. Between you, me, and the lamppost, I think he'd like to be. Well, then he'd better hurry up and ask. Uh, it's like that, huh? It's like that. Well, give him time. Some of these Northwoods boys got sawdust where their brains should be. Big Ben took off, leaving me to my thoughts. I didn't know that was the last time I'd see him alive. He was a good egg, Ben was. Most bootleggers on Rainy Lake were, on account of the work being relatively safe. The lake was a big piece of water with hundreds of islands and little coves, and a shoreline that snaked through wilderness few people have ever tread. In other words, there was no shortage of places to hide. Most of the time, moving a case or two of Canadian whiskey was simply a matter of picking a spot, hauling the stuff by boat or truck when the ice is thick enough, hiding it on shore under some pine boughs and steaming away. The customer would come up later, load the hooch onto a truck and haul it off to the nightclubs and fancy parties of St. Paul or Chicago or New York. And as for John Law, the Volstead Act in its infinite stupidity did not provide much by the way of help for local law enforcement. And our own John Darm, one Sheriff John Beauregard, Beau to his friends, which I'm proud to say I'm one, does what he can, within reason. Don't tell him I told you so, but in private, Beau hates the Volstead Act and finds the concept of legislating morality un-American. Complicated being a peace officer these days. As for my part, I was simply a go-between, a safe house where a shipment could be hidden when the heat was on. I suppose that makes me an outlaw, but I have my reasons. Reasons I'll go into at another time. This story is about Big Ben. Things started to go south that night when the shipment and Ben failed to arrive. I waited until 3 a.m., then hit the hay. It wasn't until the next morning when things went truly sour. I was in the back tending to my tomatoes when I heard something crashing toward me through the woods. Sue! Out of the tree line staggered a girl in a dressing robe. Her arms were scratched and bleeding, her feet barely covered by what was left of a pair of bedroom slippers, and her eyes showed the telltale signs of panic. I recognized her as Mary Wills, one of the girls that worked for Madame Rose at a joy house just up the shore. She practically fell at my feet. Sue! Who did this to you, Mary? If one of those loggers touched you, I'll slit his throat, by God! No, I did this running through the woods. I didn't have time to dress. You gotta hide me! What's after you, Mary? The mayor. What? It's true. He came to the house. I heard him talking to Rose. They were gonna arrest me, Sue. They were gonna arrest me for murder! I took the little girl up to my apartment above the kitchen and worked on binding her cuts. She sat still, mostly. Ow! Hold still. It stings. Well, then run up the road next time. Those branches did a number on your arms. Oh, no. They gonna be permanent scars? I can't get no scars, Sue. I, ca I can't turn into one of those girls begging for John's on account of her looks. Now just calm down. I'll make sure you come out of this okay. Thank you. You've always been so nice. So what sent you into the woods to begin with? I mean, the mayor's a blowhard, but he's not that scary. 
Today he was. You should have heard him. He even had Rose scared he was so wound up. And it's murder, you said? Yeah. Well, that's just ridiculous. You wouldn't hurt a fly, Mary. That's sweet. Thank you. Who's the stiff in question anyway? <laughs> oh, honey, don't cry. I can't help it. It's Ben. What? Mayor says my Ben's been shot, and they think I done it. You mean Big Ben Taylor? Yeah. We've been seeing each other socially for some time. Socially? Uh, Ben was a client then? No. Well, I started out as one, sure. But it was different with him. He started coming around to the house, bringing gifts, asking to see me when I wasn't working. Not always expecting, you know. He was sweet on you, you mean? It was mutual. Neither one of us is a saint, so we thought we could make a go of it together. You mean he proposed? He was gonna. Honey. No, for real. All right, so maybe there weren't going to be no ring and preacher, but common law counts, don't it? Now he's gone. That's bad enough, but they want to pin it on me? What did I ever do to anyone? <laughs> All right, calm down. I'm sorry. Shh, it's fine. Look, I have to go check on a few things. You were right to come to me, Mary. I was? Yes. I'll protect you. Thank you, Sue. I knew that if a girl was in a real jam, you were the one to come to. Okay. I'm going to lock up the bar in the apartment here. I have the only key, so anyone comes knocking, you just make like a church mouse, all right? Sure. That comes naturally anyway. I got bread and liverwurst in there. Eat something, sweetie. You'll feel better. I didn't want to leave Mary alone. But I had to check up on this situation because what she'd told me made exactly zero sense. Big Ben Taylor didn't get his nickname ironically. He was three axe handles tall and two wide at the shoulders, and there weren't many men in the territory that would test his patience. And Mary? She might make 98 pounds with rocks in her pockets. And though you could hardly call her innocent given her profession, she just didn't seem the type to murder. I had to get to the bottom of this. And the place to start was her employer. Sue Conti. Hello, Rose. We need to chat. Kind of busy this morning, dearie. Could we possibly delay until... Mary's at my place. Very well. Step into my inner sanctum. <laughs> and, uh, keep your voice down. Is she all right? Did anyone get to her? She's pretty badly scratched up, but that's from running through the woods in her frillies. She's all right otherwise. Thank God. What's it all about, Rose? Haven't you heard? They found Big Ben Taylor with a hole in his head, half floating in the lake behind his cabin. I wondered. He was supposed to make a delivery at my place last night, but never showed. Now what's this about the mayor? That fool. He showed up this morning yelling and carrying on. The only two Johns in the place ran off without paying, and the girls were scared to death. He thinks Mary killed Ben? Lover's quarrel, he said. Mary was sweet on him, you know, and she thought it was mutual. God help me, but I think they might have been. It's just possible they were the one in a million that could make it work. What do you mean? Oh, look, dearie, I lose girls to all kinds of things, but very seldom to love. Some of the boys get crushes, sure, but marrying a girl who's been in my line of work... Taking her home to meet the folks? Most men don't have the stomach for it. Did they fight? What couple doesn't? Any witnesses to those rows? Sure. 
me right out in our lobby. I had to shush them, they got so loud. You should have seen her stand up to him. It was like watching a Pekingese bark down a bull moose. Had him wrapped around her finger, did she? <laughs> she might have at that. What was the row about? Something about him taking dangerous jobs. She wanted him to give up leg and settle down. Hmm. Doesn't sound much like she was ready to kill him. Mary couldn't kill anyone or anything. I once saw her take a spider outside and shoo it away. And she's deathly afraid of spiders. Say, Susan? Yes? Can you help her? You got the ear of Sheriff Bo, after all. Why does everyone keep saying that? I do not have Sheriff Bo's ear. <laughs> Some other part, then? Not helping, Rose. Sorry. I must have my little joke on such a dark morning. But can you help her? Bo's a right guy, and he's not going to want to put an innocent girl away. But with the mayor raising a fuss... I'll do what I can. Thanks. The kid deserves it. I left Rose's place and hiked back toward mine, my brain trying to make sense of it all. Rose gave me enough to go from completely ignorant to just confused, but I knew I was going to have to do better to help Mary. I got home, locked up behind me, and was halfway up the stairs when I realized something was wrong. The door. The door had been unlocked. I knew I'd locked it when I left, so I ran up the stairs and... Hi, Sue. Look who's here. Hello, Sue. Bo. Mary, you scared me to death. I told you to keep that door locked. Well, but... Look who it was. I couldn't very well keep the sheriff out of your apartment, could I? What happened to quiet as a church mouse? Oh, I kind of forgot. Uh-huh. Would you excuse us a minute, Mary? Just step into my bedroom there and, and close the door, would you? Or you two could go into the bedroom. Mary. All right, all right. Just a suggestion. Bo, what's going on? Well, how much do you know? Ben Taylor's dead. Yep. Mayor's making a fuss, thinks Mary had something to do with it. That, too. You're here to bring her in, I imagine. Uh-huh. How exactly did you know she was here, anyway? Well, she wasn't difficult to track through the woods. Pretty much broke trail, leaving behind plenty of torn silk. Did she have anything left on her when she got to you? <sighs> Leave the kid alone. She's had it tough. And how'd you get inside, anyway? I called up for you, and she came to the window. She thought I was here to see you, and I let her think that, and she let me in. That's pretty low, Sheriff. What's pretty low? Can I help it if people jump to conclusions? But still, using that against an innocent kid like her... <laughs> that innocent kid is 26, and wanted for murder. Don't be fooled by her baby talk. That might just be good for a trade. John Beauregard, I swear, sometimes I want to punch you right in the nose. Yeah, I get that a lot, but I'm not wrong. And the ends justify the means here, Sue. The mayor's seeing red this morning, and I gotta get Mary safely into custody. But she couldn't have done it. Ben Taylor was practically a giant. Which means the only way someone could have killed him is if they got up close, like a lady friend could. But... Sue, forget the murder for a second. The mayor is in a fit. If I bring her in, maybe he cools off a bit and we get time to make sense of all this. I'll tell him I found her in the woods. I'll leave you out of it. I don't want to be left out of it. <laughs> yes, you do. The mayor cuts a wide swath. He'll shut you down, Sue. Well, that and worse. I don't pretend to know everything about your operations here, but I know you don't want that kind of attention, and you're... 
benefactors don't either. Don't worry about me and my benefactors. Just worry about keeping that girl safe. Custody is the safest place for her. I'll make sure the mayor keeps his distance. See that you do. And Bo? Yeah? It true they found him in the lake? Yeah, down by his cabin. Single bullet to the head? Looks that way. So you've seen the body. What's with the questions, Sue? Nothing. Just wondered what sort of case the mayor can build up. Let me worry about that. You worry about keeping your head down. I bid handsome Sheriff Bo goodbye. What? A girl can look, can't she? After reassuring Mary, the best thing was to go with him. She wasn't sure about that, but Bo can be a regular lamb when he needs to be. And eventually, he earned her trust. That didn't keep my heart from breaking at the look in her eyes as they drove away. But there really wasn't a choice. Her going to jail was the best of a bad situation, and it put a little steel in my spine regarding what I had to do next. Ben Taylor's cabin was about a mile's hike up the shore. Like any successful legger, Ben made nice money and his cabin showed it. You might have even called his place a lake home, given the bright green paint job, gabled windows, and wide back porch. Not flashy, of course, but comfortable. Not knowing exactly what I was looking for, I started at the house, then moved down to the shore. The body had been carted off hours ago, but there was still plenty to see. If I hadn't have been staring at it so hard, I might have heard Sheriff Bo sneak up behind me. Playing Detective Sue? <gasps> Damn it! Startled you? Scared me to death. Don't sneak up like that. Sneak? I called your name back there by the road, and again from ten feet away. You were in a trance. Was not. I was just thinking. Uh-huh. Where's Mary? House arrest. Mrs. Wilberforce is watching her. Your landlady? I bet she loves having someone of Mary's profession around. What happened to a cell? People have a way of being dragged out of cells. Mary's safer hiding out. Well, hell, Bo, why didn't you just leave her with me? Don't trust you. What? Sorry. I said, I do not trust you. Well, of all the nerve... Can it, Sue? You'd have had her on a boat to China by now and declared war on the mayor to boot. Cooler heads must prevail here. Cooler heads like Mrs. Wilberforce? You take what you can get. That woman stood in front of my door for two hours last month with her anti-saloon league sash on singing Onward Christian Soldiers. The dogs were howling it was so loud. Hmm. I couldn't arrest her. Peaceful protest. And you thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, I did. But before you say anything else, Mrs. Wilberforce won't turn Mary over to the mayor because, well, she hates him even more than she hates you. Well, there is that, I suppose. Now... Can we get around to the business at hand? Namely, you explaining why you're messing up my crime scene? Oh, haven't touched a thing, Sheriff. Well, glad to hear it. Means things will still be pristine when you go away. Theoretically true. But if I did that, you'd never know what I'd found. I'm sure I can find whatever you did. Of course. Eventually. Right. Well, damn it. What's that? Well, what'd you find? I thought I was just leaving. Susan. Okay. Look here at the grass. These long depressions, they start up at the house and end down here at the beach. So, anything could have made those. But anything didn't. They're the right distance apart to be a man's heels if he was being dragged face up. And if you come up here, there on the porch. 
That stain is blood. That could be mud. Could be, but isn't. Ben was shot on this porch, then dragged down to the lake. Why weren't there any drag marks in the sand, then? The waves would have smoothed those over. I'm telling you, Bo, if you search through the grass just off the porch, you're going to find brain matter and more blood. Oh, Jesus, Sue. Oh, quit being a schoolgirl. A man's been shot in the head here. All right. So, what if he was shot up here and then dragged down to the shore? So what? He was 300 pounds. How's a little girl like Mary supposed to drag him all that way? Yeah. What? Well, you're punching holes in my case, that's what. That'll happen if your case is made of tissue paper. And besides, there's something else you missed. What? I spotted it just before you walked up. Susan, what the hell are you doing? Going for a swim? I'll dry out. You shouldn't go in with your clothes on. Why, John Beauregard, what are you suggesting? Oh, I don't... I'm... Oh, hell. <laughs> it's fish in a barrel with you. Here. What the deuce? It's a gun, Bo. Well, I can see that. A forty-five, if I don't miss my guess. Hasn't been in the water too long, either. Still loaded, one missing from the chamber. Our murderer shot Ben up by the porch, dragged the body down to shore, then threw the gun in after him. Probably in a panic, indicating a crime of passion. Panic would also explain why he didn't drag Ben all the way into the lake. Or he could have done that, then the waves pushed the body back on shore. Overall, a pretty sloppy job. Proud of yourself, aren't you? Yes. Yes, I am. Well, what do you think? I think you need to get home and into some dry clothes. Bo. What? What do you think? About what? The gun, stupid. That thing is way too big for Mary to use. Those girls have guns all the time. They need them for protection. A derringer in the garter, sure. But that cannon? No way. It's impossible for a girl Mary's size to use that gun. It'd break her wrist. Eh... I know. I'll drive you home, Sue. You need to get dry. You don't think she did it either? Nah, of course not. But I have to figure out what's actually going on before the mayor fires me and has Mary lynched. Mayor can't fire you. You work for the county. He can make it awfully tough. And did you hear what I said about lynching? Yeah. It's that bad? It could get that bad. Seriously, Sue, do yourself a favor... Do Mary a favor and lay low for a while? All right. And Sue? Yeah? This is good evidence. Thanks. We hopped into Bo's heap and he drove me home in silence. I was feeling... Oh, to heck with it. I was feeling good he'd praise my detective work. Too good to tell you the truth. <laughs> Blushing like a schoolgirl just because some man... Never mind. We got back to my place. I thanked him for the ride very professionally and got myself a change of duds. At that point, I made a cup of coffee, sat down, and went over every word exchanged between me and Sheriff Beauregard that afternoon. He'd said lay low, which is a phrase very open to interpretation. And by the time the coffee was gone, I'd decided a nice conversation with the mayor could be considered laying low. Barely. I hope to God Bo never found out. Susan, come in, come in. Okay seeing you at home like this, Mr. Mayor? I went to your office first. Fine, fine. Always happy to meet with a small businessman, or small businesswoman, in this case. Thank you. Come into my den. Would you care for some tea? That would be nice. 
We have a uh, special tea here. It's refreshing, but also serves to disinfect the cups, if you catch my meaning. <laughs> oh, well, then yes, please. So, what can I do for you on this fine day? I wanted to talk with you about Big Ben Taylor. Mm, nasty business. Well, we reap what we sow. Meaning what? Meaning those are the risks you take when you choose company like that. Now, I sympathize with the girls at Rose's, I really do. But that doesn't change who they are, and Ben should have known better. If you pet a bobcat, you're likely to get mauled. So it's true, then. You think little Mary Wills did it? Of course. Doesn't she seem a little small to take on a lug like him? Oh, in the throes of passion, even the most diminutive of us is capable of great strength. The girl undoubtedly thought Ben's attentions meant something. Many in her unfortunate station imagined romance with their clients as a means of escape. And when she discovered Ben held no such feelings for her, she undoubtedly lost her temper and shot the poor man dead. How do you know Ben didn't have feelings for her? <laughs> Susan, please. You're a woman of the world. You know why men visit places like that. Yes, but from one point of view, they were kindred souls. How do you mean? Well, Mary was a prostitute and Ben was in liquor. Both illegal. I hope you're not equating what Ben did with prostitution. That's a dark brush that would paint many in this town. Even many in this room. <clears throat> As you say. But we're all in this glass house together, so I should think it unnecessary to advise you against throwing stones. Oh, I know I'm in a glass house. As was Ben, and as are you. Were. I haven't operated an import business for some time. Don't get me wrong, Mayor. I'm not trying to shameface anybody. Good. I know I'm as guilty as you when it comes to the Volstead Act. But this about Mary, I... I just don't know. What troubles you, my dear? What evidence do you have against her? Evidence is irrelevant. I have no doubt, once in custody, the young girl will confess in short order, and that will be that. Best get this out of the way quickly, too. I have a much more important business on the docket. Do tell. Well, it's not official yet, but you're a friend, so I'll let you in on a little secret. Senator Anderson means to retire. Our district will be looking for a new representative in the legislature. Oh, moving up in the world, then. Tomorrow, St. Paul, the next day, who knows? You may one day get to say you had tea with the president. Forty-proof tea. What's that? I said it's delicious, but I should get back to work. Well, thank you for stopping by, Sue, uh, and for your concern for our community. That's all right. Nice place you have here. Oh, yes, I, I intend to keep it. For hunting and fishing excursions. Hunting what? Elephants? Beg pardon? Your gun case there. I see some pretty heavy artillery on display. Well, you've a good eye, Mrs. Conti. This is, in fact, an elephant gun. <laughs> I was just making a joke. Much call for shooting elephants in Minnesota? <laughs> Not as yet, no. I know this was a souvenir from my trip to Africa. I hope to go back there someday. Here. Ooh. A little heavy for me. It's a lot of gun, that's true. First time I tried to shoot it, the recoil nearly broke my shoulder and flipped the gun right out of my hands. Now the whole company had a good laugh at my expense. I had to fire a few of the native beaters to show them who's boss. Yeah. Here. Thank you. It's a fine collection. Guns are a passion of mine. Now if you'll excuse me... Uh, of course, I've, I've kept you. Not at all, not at all. Please, Susan, feel free to visit any time. I will. And good luck with your campaign. Now, now, mum's the word on that. 
We have to wait for Senator Anderson to retire, or I should look too eager. <laughs> Mum's the word. His Honor, the mayor, showed me to the door, and I strolled away as slowly as I could, keeping my back to the house so he couldn't see my face, which, if I had to guess, was as white as a sheet. I hadn't lied about the man's gun collection. It was impressive. A beautiful oak case lined with green felt, a rack for long arms above, with a flat surface for handguns in the bottom. Each and every pistol had an indented section so that they nested comfortably, which made it really easy to see where a gun was missing. And there had been an empty space just about the size of a 45 revolver. I hurried back to my place, poured myself a drink not quite as good as the mayor's fare, and sat down to parse out my options. Instinct said run to bow with the gun case angle. I kiboshed that when I realized it wasn't enough to go on. The problem with our suspect being the mayor is if Bo went after him and lost, he could be run out of town with me right behind. I had to have an airtight case. I knew what I had to do. I had to wait for nightfall and go back to that cabin. Ooh, that stinks. You all right, Sue? Ah, Mary. What? What is it? How long have you been standing there? A, a minute or two. <sighs> Gotta get my hearing checked. What are you doing here? Well, I could ask you the same thing. Sneaking around Ben's cabin at night, trying to pick the lock. This always looks so easy in the movies. Aren't you supposed to use a bobby pin? I don't know. Step aside. You can pick locks? No, silly. I've got a key. Ben had it made special for me. Oh, right. Come on, get inside. What for? We shouldn't be seen out here, Mary. You're supposed to be in custody, and I'm... Well, I'm not supposed to be here at all. Do I have to? What's wrong? Well, it's gonna... All these things are in there. It's gonna remind me. Come on. It'll be safer. knew it. Everything smells like him. Mary, why aren't you at Mrs. Wilberforce? Oh, that old witch. All she wanted to do was give me temperance lectures. And I don't even drink. Hardly. I snuck out. You could get Sheriff Bow into trouble, you know. Yeah? Well, Sheriff Bow can take care of himself. I got my own problems. So why'd you come here? Why'd you? I got an idea who killed Ben. But I don't have any proof. Who did it? I'll put him in the ground. Mary! Don't care. From what Wilberforce says, I'm going to hell anyway. Might as well make it a worthwhile trip. Don't take life advice from Mrs. Wilberforce. Or religious advice, for that matter. Well, then let me help. Maybe I can beat the murder rap and catch his killer at the same time. All right. Do you know if Ben had any dealings with the mayor? He never told me the names of the guys he worked with. That was his way of protecting me. But I know there was a lot of them, and I know the mayor is a legger. Used to be, he says. They all say they used to be. But there's always one more shipment. I tell you, Sue, most guys at work, after they finish, they just want to talk. A lot of them tell me they want to get clear of Leggin, but can't pass up the money. They can make as much in one night as they can in a month of felling trees or working in a store. I don't see why the mayor should be any different. Hmm. 
He's running for state senate, you know. Well, that takes money, don't it? Campaigns and grease and palms and all that? Yes, it does. You're a smart woman, Mary. <laughs> no. Really, you are. Do you like working at Rose's? <laughs> what do you think? You could do something else, you know. You could go to college. Maybe someday. Honestly, all I ever wanted was a place like this. A little house by the lake. A man like Ben. You really loved him, didn't you? Hey, horse can fall in love, too. Oh, Mary, I'm sorry. I... I'm sorry. No, don't mind me. I'm just down to my last nerve is all. And yes, I really did love the big lug. You don't know what safe feels like until you've laid in his arms. Then let's find his killer. Mary? Yeah? Are you sure Ben didn't keep any business records? Of course not. Leggers don't keep records. That just leads to trouble. Al Capone does. And how do you know that Al Capone keeps records? Never mind. Sue? Never mind. It's a story for another time. Yes, it is. Hey. What is it? You ever read any Sherlock Holmes? Who's he? Never mind. I just thought of an old trick I saw in a movie once. You get a tear-off notepad like this one. Sometimes you can figure out what the last note said. What do you mean, the last note? The last note. The, the one that was torn off and taken away. How are you going to do that? Observe, Watson. Take a pencil and rub. Hey! The words are showing up! Mm-hmm. That Ben's handwriting? Sure. He always had beautiful penmanship. And there. Done. Hey. Yeah. Do you think... Yes, I do. And will the sheriff? Pretty sure, yes. Finally, something's going my way. Get down! That was a gunshot! I know, someone's outside. I hate guns. They're so loud. What do we do? Did Ben keep a gun? He didn't like them in the house. He used to keep two or three in his car. Maybe we can get to them? Seems unlikely. We, we have to get out of here. Hey! What is it? Ben had this place built special. There's a tunnel in the cellar. It'll take us out into the woods. God bless bootleggers. Come on. Bo! Bo! Wake up! Oh, for pity's sake. Keep your pants on. Oh, uh, hello, Sue. Uh, didn't, uh, I didn't know it was you when I said... Move! What? Move it, we're coming in. You know what time it is? And what the hell, Mary? Why aren't you at Mrs. Wilberforce's? I was helping Susan search Ben's house. What? That's a crime scene. And it was almost a second crime scene. Someone shot at us, Bo. What? While we were in the cabin, someone shot through the window. But that's not why we're here. Look. What is this, a rubbing? Exactly. It came from a notepad in Ben's desk. Conway, meet Sunday night, 11, my place. Got a pickup later, so keep it short. Don't care about your politicking. You don't get a cut without doing the work. Ben. This cinches it. The mayor and Ben were still in business together, but the mayor wanted out to run for state senate. But he expected Ben to bankroll it all. 
Ben had been pretty upset about a partner causing trouble. The two of them were partners? Well, Ben never told me names, but he told me everything else. I'm sure it was Mayor Conway. He set up this meeting to give the mayor an ultimatum. Do his share or drop out. They met on Ben's porch, the mayor got upset on account of he needed the money for a Senate run, and then, you know. Well? Well what? Is it enough to put the mayor away? Hell no. What if I told you there's a spot in the mayor's gun rack the perfect size for a forty-five, The perfect size for that cannon we found in the lake. It wouldn't matter. We couldn't pull any slugs out of Ben, so there's nothing to match with. We can't identify the gun that killed him. Sorry, Mary. Don't worry about it. Bo! Susan, it's all circumstantial. Maybe the DA would go for it if this was some run-of-the-mill bootlegger, but it's the mayor we're talking about. He's got pull. So that's it? Yeah, that's it. What about Mary? You gonna just wrap her up nice and neat and deliver her to the gallows? I'll... I'll do what I can. I'm sure the DA will listen to reason. I can tell him the whole story and he'll go light on her, maybe even a suspended sentence. So the murderer gets away with it and the whore and the bootlegger don't deserve justice, huh? Susan! Well? Well, I'm sorry. It's the best I can do. Well, fortunately for Mary, it's not the best I can do. Sue! Was I frustrated? Sure. I kind of needed Bo's help on this one, and he was stonewalling me. It was okay, though. His weakness gave me strength. Strength to go back to Ben's cabin that very night and confront what was waiting for me. That you, Mayor Conway? I can't hardly see in the dark. I'll take that as a yes. You shouldn't have come back here, you dumb broad. And you shouldn't have stayed. You've practically won, Mayor. The sheriff's on your side. Oh, is he now? I thought he was on your side. And your back, and your front, and your other side, Why and... does everyone keep saying things like that? <laughs> Small town. Rumors fly. Whatever the case, I just came back from his place. He's not going to go up against you. He said that, eh? He said that. Well, that's a darn shame. What do you mean? I almost want to believe him, but I knew too many of his kind in the war. He was in the war himself. Did you know that? I didn't know. A boy scout, brave and true. First one over the wall, leading a lot of other guys behind him, most of whom ended up shot. Always talking about duty and honor and country. You know, a sap. I know his kind. He might tell me he wouldn't come for me, but he would. Eventually his conscience would get the best of him and he'd come. Unless I take care of him first. What are you going to do? Dangerous place, Minnesota. We're practically the frontier up here. All kinds of accidents happen. You can't be serious. He's the sheriff. Exactly. And sooner or later he'll remember it. Best take care of these things early. You, for example. You think I'm a Boy Scout, is that it? Not exactly. But you're trouble, all right. You'll need taking care of. Hold it, Conway. I've heard just about enough. Whoa. Thank God you're here. This, this woman's been threatening me. Did you not hear me, Mayor? I said I've heard just about enough. I've been listening. Been hiding in the shadows for a while, have you? That's right. Well, then, 
In for a penny, I guess. Whoa! I'm all right. You shot high. Stay there. I'll get his gun and... There. Damn it, right in the shoulder. You hurt bad, Mayor? You shot me, you son of a bitch. No. I never fired. That was me. Mary! Both of us was in the woods, Sue. We heard everything. Yeah, and it's a good thing Mary convinced me you'd come back here. How'd you know the mayor would be waiting? Little deduction, little common sense. We need to get him to a doctor. And Mary, how did you put the bullet right in his shooting arm? I'm pretty good with one of these little derringers. But you said you hated guns. Oh, this ain't a gun. It's practically a toy. So the mayor clammed up, huh? Sure did. Got himself a big city lawyer who put the lid on. Don't think it will do him much good. He assaulted an officer of the law, and the DA's willing to go after him for Ben's murder, now that he's not quite so important around here. Well, it's over anyway. Things can get back to normal. Hey, Sue, where do you want these bottles of... Oh, hi, Sheriff. Hello, Mary. How do you like working for Sue? Oh, I like it fine. I like cooking better than waitressing, but we trade off so it works out. Now if I can just get her to quit burning the flapjacks. What? Nothing. That's fine. So, Sue, there's one thing I don't quite understand. Just one thing? Funny. But why exactly did you head back to Ben's cabin if you knew the mayor would be waiting for you? Oh, that? That was part of our trap. Your what? Our trap. Right, Mary? We worked it up on the way over to your place. Sue said if we couldn't convince you the mayor was guilty, she was going to make a run back to Ben's. And I was supposed to make sure you followed so we could catch him. What? To your credit, it didn't take hardly any convincing. Sue, why? Because I knew you needed a push bow. You needed to see what kind of man the mayor really was, and I had to poke his cage a bit to get him howling forth. And she figured if she put herself in danger, you'd come to her rescue. Mary! Oh, hush. That was your plan, and you know it. Well, that's crazy. And dangerous. Not really. She knew I'd be there, and she knew I had the Derringer. Well, I'm just glad it's all over and things can get back to normal. Better than normal. Thanks for the chance to work here, Sue. Don't mention it. It's going to be a lot of hard work. Yeah, I know. One thing, though. Why'd you offer? Well, I could use the help with summer coming on. And a lot of my boys go to Rose's, too, so you already know the clientele. And besides, I got a hand up once from an unlikely source when I needed it. I figure I'm just paying it forward. That's sweet. Well, great day in the morning. Look what just walked in. Oh, you're a sight for sore eyes, Sue. Give me a hug, you galoot. <laughs> oh, Bo, Mary, this is Al, a friend of mine from Chicago. Uh, yeah. Hey, anyone ever told you you look just like Al Capone? Uh, yeah, all the time. What brings you way up here, Al? Well, I had a little business up north. Thought I'd stop by and check in on you. Make sure everything's okay. I can't stay but a minute, unfortunately. Everything's fine. I heard you had some trouble. Nothing the local heat couldn't handle. That's him there. You a copper? Sheriff, actually. Oh, never too proud to shake a copper's hand. Put her there, pal. I heard what you done for Sue. Thanks. Uh, happy to be of service. You watch out for this girl. She's family. But, uh, try to keep her out of trouble. Uh, yeah. Anything you need, Songbird? Anything I can do? Nah, we're fine here. 
It's nice to see you, Al. Sure you can't stay? Uh, I just stopped in to say hello. You know how to contact me, right? I know. Thank you, really. I owe you, Susan. Now you take care of yourself. I will. I promise. So long, songbird. Officer? Ma'am? I was eerie. Just like Al Capone. Susan? Yes, John? What... what was... How do you know Al Capone? It's a long story, Sheriff. And I'll tell it when I'm ready. Well, in that case, I need a drink. Good. I have some very good tea right here. This has been Rum Runner Sue, The Lady and the Log, an original podcast fiction mystery from the Icebox Radio Theater. Our show this evening starred Billy Joe Cones as Sue, Justin Kapla as Big Ben Taylor, your announcer, and Al from Chicago, Trelawney Irwin played Mary, Jim Yunt was Beau, and Jeffrey Adams was the mayor. Script written by Jeffrey Adams. Jeff also did the editing, sound effects, and music for this episode, created with loops from Loopmasters. Some sound effects from the Freesound Project at freesound.org. The Rum Runner Sue logo designed by Allie McQueen. You can see more of Allie's work on Instagram at taller underscore McQueen. This program copyright 2021 by the Icebox Radio Theater, which is solely responsible for its content. Partial funding made possible in part by the voters of Minnesota through a grant from the Minnesota State Arts Board thanks to a legislative appropriation from the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund and through donations from our wonderful patrons and listeners. More information at iceboxradio.org. We'll be right back.